Welcome to the Retail Tea Break. Each week, I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers, and product creators to decode the myths, share knowledge, and give you a better insight into the industry. My aim, as always, is to empower retailers and product creators to reach their potential. So, grab your cup of tea, sit back, relax, and listen in. My name is Melissa Moore, and this is the Retail Tea Break. Today, I talk to a woman who creates beautiful hand-printed tiles and illustrated wall art, inspired by her Dutch-Irish heritage. She does all this successfully whilst juggling a full-time job. Alana Plankenpal, welcome to the Retail Tea Break. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's so lovely to be on. Oh, I'm really, really delighted that you could take a bit of time out this week. We're in that crazy run up to Christmas and it's just really great to have you on. And I think today's episode is probably going to shock a lot of people and also going to surprise a good few of them. So before we kick off, in the time that it takes to boil a kettle, which is about two minutes, tell us a bit about you and the business. Perfect. So I started my business uh, under my name five years ago. I um, am half Dutch, half Irish. And basically, I really wanted to start my own small creative business. And I originally studied fashion design. I kind of knew quite quickly that that wasn't going to be fully my thing. But I love doing illustrations in my notebook. And what I ended up doing more and more of towards the end of, of my year was to kind of be really inspired by my um, my Dutch heritage, especially because I was living in Ireland at the time. I love the combination, the really striking combination of the blue and white Dutch ceramic. Uh, and I was like, well, why don't we try to bring those two things together? And now I am creating illustrations. I am hand printing them onto tiles and I'm using the tiles as wall art. So it's nearly like an alternative way of having a, a framed print as such, but on a beautiful glossy tile where the colors are super vibrant. Um, and my themes, I suppose, and my illustrations are all about um, adventure and about kind of that exciting feeling. I love them to be really storytelling with deep and rich colors in that uh, and still keeping a little hint of my, my Dutch heritage. Oh, it sounds gorgeous. And they are, as you said, they're striking. They're such beautiful and unusual pieces, but actually that sit so well in any sort of home or as a gift. I have to say, I am probably a little bit biased here. I love them. They're absolutely gorgeous. Um, so it's great to be able to kind of talk to you about that. But behind all this, and I suppose the reason I wanted to get you on today, it's not your only job. Is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> and it has never been my only job. And um, it's it's funny. It's it's a real kind of uh, it's a it's a funny reaction that you get from people because, of course, I mean, on Instagram, people see the one thing, and people see you know my brand, which which Instagram has been absolutely incredible for me to, to help me grow my business. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The best way to speak visual language, isn't it? Through through pictures and through putting yourself out there. But it's probably a part that I, I never really mentioned because it's more kind of personal to me is that, yeah, I've always had a full-time job while doing this. Um, and it's not because, you know, not for any other reason other than I just love the freedom of having, of being, having a creative business, not being forced to, be creative or forced to push out products and really allowing 
my business to kind of grow as organically as it as it needed to without you know without pushing it too hard seeing where things would go really taking the time to take on board feedback and using that feedback then to inform new designs and uh, I've also kind of always picked the I suppose a, a job that would really work alongside my own business so what I do at the moment is I work for a company who provide marketing analytics and um, funding to e-commerce companies and I get incredibly timely right yeah. now coming on the back of COVID absolutely absolutely and actually the business itself was only founded in 2020 so it was really I suppose that the founders recognized an Irish company and it's uh, it started off quite small it's growing very quickly now but it's really started recognizing that need that I think I experience, but I think an awful lot of people experience who have an e-commerce presence where there's a gap in cash flow. And it's a funny yeah. thing because you have your you you create your product or you buy in your product, depending on how you work. I create it. Some people purchase it. Then you have to market it. So all of this is you have to fund up front. And then there's this gap between when you need all that funding and when it actually when it sells and I like I suppose I I grew up in I grew up in Holland mostly and the, the way I grew up was that funding is something to kind of like look down upon nearly like you wouldn't necessarily want it you know because you don't gosh you wouldn't want to get yourself into debt but the way this works actually I think is really customer friendly and what they do is they take a percentage of the daily sales they're linked up to the back end of their Shopify website or however they operate their website. They take a percentage of daily sales in order to pay that back, that funding. So it's actually a really friendly way of working with the founders, working with the e-commerce entrepreneurs. And for me, I, I'm just an account manager within that, within that um, organization, but it means I get to chat to people like me every single day who run businesses, who run into the same, you know, the same challenges and, like they, sometimes you come across incredible businesses, you know, like if one customer has organic baby clothes and like there's all, you know, some people make their own, some people buy it in. It's just fascinating, I find, how you can learn so much from other people and other people's businesses as well. This is amazing because I actually, you know what, my next question was very much, oh, I presume the the day job helps feed into your your art and your wall art business. But actually, it sounds like it's very much a two way thing that one's feeding it in one aspect. But I didn't necessarily realize that the creative business would be feeding into your day job as well. This sounds mm -hmm. ideal. <laughs> it's I have to say it's it's a lovely it's a lovely fit. And it's the only way really that I could see my my business and a full time job working hand in hand. I think if they were completely separate things, it'd be really hard. But actually, I find that. I'm thinking more like a business owner when I'm talking to these people, because you're talking strategy, you're talking long-term planning, you know, you're talking how marketing can inform, but also in some ways, I feel that when it comes to marketing, when it comes to investing in marketing, it's funny because a huge amount of it, I feel of the groundwork you have to do without paid advertising. And that's just... Yeah. That's really, that, I suppose that's a personal, that's a personal opinion. Um, but it's finding the real customer, I presume, is what you're saying. You have to know who this authentic yeah. ideal customer is. And the only way to do that is actually just put yourself out there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, and you know, when, 
when before before COVID hit and all of that, it would be easier to go to a market and to meet people at trade shows and to, you know, like we we'd um I've done gifted before in the RDS. We did Dublin Flea a couple of years ago when it was still on. And it was an amazing opportunity every year around the busiest time of the year around crazy Christmas time to get to chat to customers and get that feedback. And you know, you spent 11 months of the year in your studio focusing kind of by yourself you know very hard to kind of you're asking friends and family for feedback but the real people that you you need to get to know and you need to learn what they like is of course the customer and when you don't have that necessarily then you have to try and build that same community feeling and that same feedback online and I remember thinking like that I know you always hear it about engagement and all that with your Instagram and it's you know there's there's a huge amount I think there's a lot of blah blah around it but there is absolutely and I think these buzzwords <laughs> are now being flung around the place oh, yeah <laughs> absolutely um, but do tr- people truly know what they mean but also are we doing it do you know what I mean totally yeah yeah are we are we actually doing it and when we're asking them are we asking them what they had for dinner last night or are we actually getting valuable information you know and your your background I suppose even prior to the current role has been in this area so again it feels like your business is feeding the full-time job and vice versa all the way through yeah no absolutely yeah so before I was always in retail um, and it, there was actually in, in one role in particular, it would be uh, it was for a national retailer who worked with an awful lot of craft businesses. So I got to know a huge network of people that not only did I see them when I had my own brand at the trade show. So when we when we did um, showcase, which is our, our annual kind of trade show with the Designer Crafts Council you know, I'd have a stand and they'd have stands alongside me. And there were ones that they were like, did I know you through that shop or do I know you because you have your own thing? And it's funny. And it was kind of like, I felt like I'm catfishing people nearly, but you know, it's, it's a really interesting way to, to get to know people, but also these people have become my friends, you know, they're, they're, we've an amazing, really close group of friends now. And we all come across the same things and especially all being small Irish craft businesses. It's been amazing even over the past year to like with WhatsApp group and you just people throw questions into it like, how has anyone managed this? Or, you know, or my packaging's delayed or this has happened or this has happened, you know, and you just getting that feedback and feeling like you're not alone either. Because when you do a business, when you, when you kind of have a craft business on your own, it can be difficult to get that kind of feedback you know if you don't have someone to feed off necessarily who's who's in it as much as you are at that moment and I, I'm kind of seeing this more and more over the last few months that that's actually vital it's not necessarily the professional help you can get out there or even to some extent the funding it's actually just having someone at like 4 p.m on a Tuesday afternoon when you have a question that's wrecking your head that you can just put out there and as you say people have either been through it before or do you know what, they'll just thrash it out with you because they understand the situation you're in. This is invaluable. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think you need it. And I think it's really, it's a it's like you have to, I feel extremely lucky to have met the, the, the guys that I've met through, um, mainly through really through Design and Crafts Council, through doing things like doing shows like Showcase, but also standing at markets, you know. I feel really lucky to have built up that that group because I do think that it's very hard to break into that if you don't have those contacts, if you don't have that 
I mean, unless you know exactly what you're doing, but I don't think any of us ever really knew. <laughs> and especially when it comes to planning your next step as a craft business, it's like, do I diversify? Do I grow my range? Uh, you know, am I appealing to all the customers that I could be appealing to? Do I just do wholesale or do I want to just focus on my own e-commerce and my own retail or you know, what are those kind of future plans and what are you working towards? And when you have other people to bounce off, you know, it's interesting as some people have gone into very different directions with their work, but they actually discovered that their skills are really applicable to another industry, even necessarily, you know, especially like, I mean, I'm I'm not one of these, but like I have a couple of friends who who work with wood, for example, and they would, you know, they would have also been able to help out with shop displays and, all these kind of things that just feed into being part of their business, still being part of their creative output, but just kind of going about it differently. And I think that diversification is really interesting. And I think it's needed more now. I think the last few years has probably shaken a few people up that maybe the industry isn't as solid or as reliable even if that's in the short term as we all thought it would because as you say showcase comes around every January and then people buy and then you make and then it's almost kind of prep for Christmas then it is Christmas and then we go again and we were all on this kind of nice gentle cycle that kept going and I think the last two years has really shaken it out of an awful lot of us but that being said where on earth are you finding the time to do all this, because just listening to you there, that sounds like the average conversation I'd have with any maker, any crafter, who <laughs> is literally giving every minute of their day to making, to running their business, to planning for what's coming next. But again, you're doing this, and yet kind of 35, 40 hours of your week are put aside for something else. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's very true. And I mean, it's definitely, it's a juggling act, 100%, but it's also, and I think this is really important to mention, like, as my business has grown, as my amount of stockists has grown, you know, as the orders have grown, like my parents have been absolutely instrumental in getting involved, helping me with packing orders, you know, helping me send out invoices, staying on top of my inbox. I mean, they have been absolute superstars and they never... They never signed up for a family business. And I'm very conscious of that. But I just think that you just roll into, you know, it rolls into that. And it's wonderful when you have that support around you. And I think it's it's almost essential. Nearly everyone that I speak to either has a partner, has family, like it's it's such uh, you're never you're never in this for the money anyway. If you have a craft business, you do it for the love and you know, the most important thing is just to keep it, keep it ticking over. And if that means that, you know, it's all hands on deck sometimes, then, you know, that's, that's exactly what happens. But that is a huge way, uh, reason why I can do what I do um, and why I didn't have to scale back. Having said that, I did actually, um, earlier in 2021, I took out three months um, in between jobs and I didn't have another job lined up now when, when this happened. But I took three months to rebuild my website, to re-strategize and to refocus. And I was able to do that. And it was just the best thing ever, because for me, you know, I've been in it a few years. I set up the website in a way that worked for me a couple of years ago on, you know, a less than ideal e-commerce platform. I wasn't getting the insights that I needed. I was getting some orders through, but it wasn't really 
wasn't really working for me. So allowing myself that time to really focus on it full time uh, without, I suppose, a necessary end date when when I was when I would go back to full time work uh, was really helpful. And that's something, you know, I really got stuck into my website. I built my own website, um, which I think was a brilliant learning curve. I nearly want to throw my laptop out the window some days, but yep, in that. you know, it's just, it's, and it's not even necessarily the difficulty of, of building it because you've got these amazing platforms. Like I use Shopify for my new um, website and it's very, like, it's quite intuitive when you set it up, but then it's like, but what if I want to do this, but then there's this rule, like say with discounts, for example, and these kind of things, how can I run multiple things alongside? How can I get, make that customer journey through my website as easy and as straightforward mm. as possible? And that was like, I mean, that was mind boggling sometimes because I was like, try to describe your very specific problem to Google to try and figure out <laughs> what the solution is to this. It's so hard. So you know, taking that three months definitely was great. But in the day-to-day running of things, like I check my emails before I go to work. I um, And I can work from home at the moment as well, which is fantastic. I also have my studio at home. So that means that there's no commute in between my day job and really? my evening job anymore. You know, I can focus on my emails in the morning, get an hour in, then start my working day for my, for my other job. And then after I finish that, I have dinner, I walk the dogs, and then the evening time is then to focus on to to focus on my own business and to to both make products and also work on the strategy side of things. And it's That's it's working. incredible, incredible. But actually, it really sounds like it's rewarding and it's working for you to pick up on something you said there, because I know it's something so many people are struggling with right now. So either they managed to get a grant, we'd say last year, so a Leo grant, uh, an Enterprise Island grant to throw together a website when COVID hit so that they could be selling. 95% of these websites are awful, as in they were thrown together in such a rush that, you know what, there was not very much thought gone into the process, apart from the fact you could click a button and someone could buy something. But you mentioned there that customer journey. So how, what was the process like, I suppose, of putting the website back together and what influenced what you did? Completely. So I suppose that the process was that that one something I wanted to understand more um, was that and something that I really want to focus on was knowing that my my audience. Now I don't have a particularly large following, especially not compared to some people on Instagram. But Instagram is my main traffic driver to my website. Part of that is to do is completely my fault because my business has my name. My name is yeah. Dutch. It's complicated and <laughs> it's not something people are going to type into their search bar necessarily. So that was that was one tricky part. So a lot of people co- would come through the visual channel, which is my Instagram, then click into my website and then potentially make a purchase or, you know, or approach me through that. But I just worried that with all the things going on with Facebook and Instagram, not that they're I don't think they're going to go anywhere anytime soon, but I realized that really, I didn't know an awful lot about my customers anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they just, they lived as followers on my page who'd, who'd like a post when they saw something they liked and then would go onto my website. But I had no control over how I could approach them really, because I was dependent on this algorithm and something that I heard a while ago and but only kind of hit home with me is how much easier it is to retain a customer than it is to get a new customer and it is 
there we go and if you can retain that customer they tend to keep coming back and they spend more and it's something that I try I just I talk about all the time but again as you say it doesn't always sink in no no it really doesn't and for me as well I was like I I was just focusing on putting posts out there in the world and I was like what am I doing like I actually can't I don't know who my followers are I can see a very basic kind of profile of who they are but are they necessarily people who purchase as well does it reflect you know does it work so what I did was by taking time to do my website I prioritized getting a newsletter box up and running so where people could fill in their email address to sign up for newsletters not that I had either time <laughs> to put into a newsletter but I was like at least if I can start collecting a little bit of customer data, I will not be bombarding them. I said it as well in the message. I was like, I won't be bombarding you. I did reward these people with 10% discount off their first purchase to incentivize them to sign up. And that way I was like, if I ever lose my Instagram, I mean, say I've got hacked or, or something like that, you just don't know, then at least I would still have a way to reach out to people and mm. to, to grow that part and to really understand And it was a friend of mine, actually, who is very focused on customer care, who was telling me about this. She was like, that is like customer care is top, top, top priority. It's not about trying to get as many customers in the door as possible. It's about when you have them, how do you treat them? How do you, and it's as if they're walking into a physical shop when they go onto your online. How do they feel when they go onto your website? How does it, how does your website navigate? Can they ask you a question? Is there an easy way to approach you if they have a question about a product? Are you giving all the right information? Then when they purchase, what does that look like for them afterwards? What are our own common frustrations with online shops? Like not knowing where your order is or, you know, not having a full understanding of the timeline, not getting a full picture of the product so that what you get might be completely different to what you'd expected. So all these things. And then even the follow-up emails of like, I started putting reviews on my website, which I was nervous about because I have no control. They're automatically yeah. published and, you know, <laughs> kind of like you're just shooting in the wild. And of course you're, we're, we're, we do everything and I do everything. And, you know, when, when my parents got, when they helped me pack an order as well, like everything is done. <laughs> in such a like specific way that you'd like to think that people are going to be thrilled when they get the package but of course there's going to be different opinions and it's I think it's so important to be open to that and to open yourself up to those kind of things like asking people really know what did they think of their order and were they happy with the service that they received was did everything arrive okay do we need to review shipping carriers if something broke you know do we need to review how we pack ourselves I just think you can learn an awful lot from it Um, you sound like you're very open to that though and I think that's definitely an issue that an awful lot of people right now don't want to know or they're so head down focused on I'm making money but actually what you've really hit on there is that this is long term this isn't making money right now or today this is doing everything you can possibly do for your customer to keep them coming back. Yeah. And it really, and especially as a business for myself, where I don't really invest in marketing too much. I don't really throw out too many sponsored posts, you know? So it's the kind of thing where, you know, I've been very lucky to, I've, I've a wonderful, wonderful woman in my life called Claire Buckley. She runs a PR agency, Book and Hound. And she is absolutely incredible with the amount of tips she's given me from a PR perspective. So how to get featured from a PR side of things in, in the media, how to get people kind of talking about you in that side. 
where you're not paying for it you're not paying to be featured but actually you there's people talking about your business people talking about your story and which in turn then brings new people into into that kind of into that scope and into your into your life and she's extremely good at what she does but it's the kind of thing like I've learned so much from her as well that you know it's not the people who push themselves the hardest constantly who are the ones who who you know get talked about it's often it's the the brands that have genuine stories to share where you know customers like to learn more about your business but they also like you to be humble and like you said they they like it when you're open to customers like it when you're open to feedback because I mean that's the only way we can learn and that's the only way we can move forward and I think these are the customers then that really appreciate the integrity you have and these are the loyal customers so again these are the guys that will keep coming back these are the people that long term will keep you afloat so it's wonderful to hear that actually you were able to take that bit of time out but you had a really clear goal in mind even if you didn't have an end gate and an end date should I say <laughs> yeah. those couple of months out of the business that you were working on it but it sounds like it's been super beneficial yeah for kind of the place I suppose you find yourself in now and by the sounds of it nothing's going to change anytime soon you're really settled and happy kind of running these or kind of working in one and running the other side by side it definitely sounds like a long-term kind of oh, plan yeah. for you yeah yeah no I love it and it's lovely because in it's not that one is of course I love my own business of course I love working on it and it's my absolute like it's my absolute love I, you know it's it's there's just no doubt about that but having said that I take a huge amount of pride in my day job as well and I don't feel that those things couldn't be you know or should be kind of you know it shouldn't work be able to work side by side because they, no, it is let's be honest it's frowned upon to a lot of people oh, that yeah. you have this full-time job that isn't isn't yeah. all encompassing to your you know yeah. spending 23 and a half hours a day making working on your passion project but you love what you do regardless of who you're almost working for exactly and it's it's lovely I think when you find an employer who also accepts that in you and who's actually you know they've been incredibly supportive um like a, I went into a new I got a new wholesale stockist there the other day and you know someone gave me a big shout out in front of the whole like the whole company mm. slack channel I was just like it's so nice like but it's also you know it's it's that kind of that kind of level of support is definitely something that you need because I think it's easy to kind of want to hide one side of you but at the end like if you can do both why not do it you know and if that's what you're into if if, if it doesn't work it doesn't work of course and for some people they want to go all in but in my case I was looking you know I was I was gosh I mean I'm 28 now I was 23 when I set up my business I was looking into all the things that you know people my age were looking at I was looking at potentially getting a mortgage at some stage which in Ireland is notoriously difficult you know I was looking at kind of these life plans alongside my my own kind of my own dreams of, of having a craft business and you know sometimes it's, it's sad to think that way but it, they don't always unfortunately it doesn't always mean that when you have your own business that you'll have banks that will work with you on that for for things like mortgage applications or you know you also need to live and I think it's really important that I would I would rather have a full-time job give me the freedom so that I can spend all my other time focused and really focused on my job on my creative business rather than worrying about things like 
you know, that things like money coming in, it really isn't a priority for me. And it, it never has been. And I think it's the only way to succeed in a craft business is if your end game is not to, to think that you're going to make lots and lots of money, because that's just not how it works. No, and again, I think, again, this is something that's frowned upon. It's, so it's not talked about either. It's actually, it's really hard work for sometimes very little financial reward you know being as successful as we say as you are you're seen out and about there in some of the best retailers that we have you're seen as having a very successful business but you're so honest when you say it it isn't easy a you obviously you're very lucky to have that support structure which again isn't talked about but also financially you're not unfortunately making the millions yet to, <laughs> to kind of allow you do lots of other things with this craft business yeah yeah, exactly. Nor at the time. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> but I think if you can manage to, if you can just manage to, to, to operate at a, at a level where you're happy, um, especially with when, when you're doing something creative, because when I'm not in a good headspace, I don't produce my best work. And I think that counts for whether it's a creative business or anyone in any job, like if you're not, in that good spot for yourself where you feel balanced where all the kind of different cogs and elements of your life are kind of working together it's very hard to be creative it's very hard to have a good output because you're you, you're not able to take a bird's eye view anymore you're so focused on the details and sometimes you could just you could sit there for hours being really stressed when actually you could be having you, you know you could be doing a day job that's it's completely different you're concerning yourself with someone else's business and then actually take those hours at the end of the day to really focus and think okay so this and this happened today but actually these are the things that I need to focus on for my business now and I find you get an awful lot more done in a small space of time when you can get yourself into a good headspace like that that's fascinating so it's it's giving you clarity but actually by the sounds of it it's making you more efficient Definitely. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm a terrible procrastinator. <laughs> oh, you and me both, girl. These are things I think just we just presume that people who have full-time jobs who are creative need the cash flow, uh, kind of need to be doing this, then don't have the time. But actually, I it never even dawned on me that instead of forcing yourself to be creative, you're actually allowing yourself the time to be creative, knowing that you have to do certain things at a certain time of the week or the day. Yeah. And actually, it, you enjoy it then when you do sit down to be yeah. to be creative. You're actually really enjoying that process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's something that I actually learned in in college. So I did the first three years of my college degree. I did in a very stressful environment. Um, I was I actually changed college for my final year, and for me, in those first three years, I never produced any work that I could now look back on and say I'm I'm really proud of that. Whereas in that final year. I had for the first time I was able to the the environment was completely different so I changed colleges for my final year I went to NCAD uh, for my last year and that was the best move because I had an amazing tutor Nigel who was extremely supportive of whatever I wanted to do and this freedom was just it was amazing like every in, in the first three years of, of, of uni I was so I was pushed into this box of this is what the tutors expect you to do and your your peers are your competition and it was high stress environment all the time and then suddenly I went to this final year which should have been the most stressful and you know I just had a tutor to say just experiment and just 
work out what you like and then focus on that and then we can build on that and he was very much a kind of nearly like a cheerleader on the sideline and because of that I was able to focus much better the first time I was able to have a part-time job in retail actually (laughs) which I loved I always 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 wanted to have a have a part-time job in retail at that at that age and it was amazing. I worked 20 hours a week at the time. I did my full-time college course. I did my, my final year in college and I ended up with a collection that I was proud of and work that I was proud of is so much more creative than I just, I convinced myself that I wasn't creative because I was in a high pressure, high stress environment. I really, I just thought I was just, I just thought I wasn't good enough. Mm. And when you're told that, by you know when when you're when the people around you especially tutors in colleges have such a responsibility to to kind of cushion you a little bit and help you help guide you to nurture not to knock it out of you which by the sounds but was happening in those first three years yeah yeah and that was tough and but I think that's when I really found out I don't need to be I was doing all nighters for those first three years and I wasn't getting anything out of it I wasn't even producing half as good of work as I was in that final year. So I think when you take yourself out of that stressful environment and when you take yourself out of that worry, especially worry, (laughs) because that can consume us, then actually you can get yourself to a really positive state of mind where in probably a third of the time you can do so much more because you you're forced to be focused in that time you can't sit around and procrastinate because you've got other places to be and other things to do and I just found that when I learned that at that moment, and I was like, God, this is, you can do different things. You can have your attention split and be good at things, you know, or not necessarily good, but just for yourself, have that feeling of, of, you know, of feeling content with, with your output rather than just feeling worried all the time. And it's, it's genuinely fascinating. And I don't think I realize that that's the way this conversation would have gone that actually having this having almost two businesses in your life is making you more efficient it's making you happier it's actually giving you the support and the time to do two things very well um it sounds incredibly positive which is wonder like it's wonderful it's really good to hear because again it's not talked about it's frowned upon but actually you're someone that's doing both things incredibly successfully so with all that said and done what on earth is coming up for you next what's kind of the next six months looking like for you so there's a few things coming up um I think my my growing my website and kind of changing that around and there's you know I do see huge potential within growing kind of even things like the newsletter side of the business like little things like that where it's it's marketing but it's more investing time into it rather than money I still want to continue down that path I don't think I've finished kind of growing on that level yet so that's something I'd love I will be bringing out more designs as well uh, we have a trade show, a physical, real life trade show coming up in January, which is know, it's super exciting. exciting seeing people back for the first time in gosh, two years. Um, and then for for my for my own life, I'm actually expecting a baby. So I <laughs> thank you. So I am due on the 1st of March. Um, so I have, you know, and like that I think it's a third job to fit into your business exactly (laughs) and you know it's just it's it's just been the the greatest honor and the the happiest time for you know it's just to 
I just think it's amazing what our bodies are capable of. And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm not worried about combining these things because I know that I'm not going to take time out of my own business. But at the same time, I know that, for example, things I'm doing now is like I'm working on creating more stock in advance. You know, these kind of things, because I'm conscious that I will have to split my time over <laughs> another thing as well. But having said that, I don't see that these things necessarily have to change um, the way, you know, the way my business operates, the way my life kind of operates and how all these things work together. So they're kind of that's that's obviously that's quite a big thing and that's yeah it's it's just I hope to just continue hopefully a, a steady growth that I've been really lucky to experience in my own business um and you know have more more designs amazing what a gorgeous positive note to end today's podcast episode so if you've enjoyed today's episode please like share and even subscribe to the Retail Tea Break. Uh, leave us a comment. There's so much in today's episode that I'm sure is going to resonate with an awful lot of people out there. So for the meantime, Alana, thank you so much for joining me today. And best of luck with everything for 2022. Thank you so much, Melissa. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you next week. <laughs>